When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 346 of the big show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Wednesday. A little late Wednesday, but we're here. We're here. Sorry I didn't have it out for your commute this morning. But, um, you know what? I got home last night. I was going to record. Got home. About 4.30. Did the dishes. Made some supper. Had some pasta. Then, uh, told the wife. I said, ah, man, I'm tired. Holy. I said, I'm just going to, I'm going to grab a quick nap here. Yeah. Woke up at midnight. There we go. I wake up. She's in bed snoring beside me. So, I get up. Kind of farts around until like 12.30. Then I'm like, okay. I just go downstairs, sit in the lazy boy, turn on YouTube. I didn't even pick anything on YouTube. End up falling asleep. Alarm's going off at 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, well, I guess. Or I woke, no, the alarm was set for 5. I woke up again at 4.30 in the morning to take a whiz. Then I was like, oh, fuck it. I may as well just go to work. But yeah, and I woke up with the remote in my hand. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So, and then I, and then for some reason I was like yawning all day at work. I'm like, how am I tired? But... Yeah, it is all uh, sort of caught up to me. And, uh, well, I sent him a picture, but Yuka, your package is on the way. Yeah, I am actually made it to the post office. Yeah, yeah, it was good, you know. It's only been, what, a month and a half, two months? But, you know, it's, a, it's them government workers. got to take time, right? We're on government time here. Um, I I sat down here and I did the intro. Oh, episode 346, the enforcer blah, blah, blah. I didn't even have the microphone plugged in. Yeah. Took me like two minutes. This is the second time I've done this intro. About a minute and a half, two minutes in before I realized that I didn't have the microphone plugged in. Yeah, I'm glad I looked down or looked over to my left and saw that the light was off. Yeah, that would have been something. Record the whole episode and uh, or talk for the whole episode then not, and then uh, not record. Oh, it's been that kind of day. But um, yeah, how are you guys doing? Well, first of all, I guess you're, you're probably listening to this, uh, well... Probably Friday. I want to, uh, to my American listeners, happy Thanksgiving. Um, and somebody asked me about Canada. Uh, we are Thanksgiving. Is it, uh, what is it? The second Monday in October is the, uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. The second Monday? I think so. Yeah, it's the second Monday. Thanksgiving, or well, at least for us anyway, I always say Thanksgiving, um, 
I might be, this might be an ignorant statement, but for, as far as I could tell, I mean, it's nowhere big a deal in Canada as it is in the United States. And, uh, again, that might be my own thing. Cause as a fan, we never really celebrated it. So, um, uh, yeah, but, uh, I know, uh, oh, but we got three football games tomorrow and, uh, not that they're real gems, but, uh, tomorrow will be a good sick day actually. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, would you phone in sick Thursday and then go to work Friday? It's like, eh. You know, you might get phone in sick both days, but. Oh, yeah. I can imagine the hangovers that are on Fridays at the. Yeah, how many sick days do Americans take? How many how many sick days are going to be used on Friday? Yeah. Uh, but, um, also. Though he's probably not, I mean, maybe he's listening. Um, I want to say, uh, heal up to my boy Bob oh, Penticton, or he's in Kelowna right now, having, uh, having some heart work done. And, uh, our, uh, Lisa and I are sending positive thoughts your way. And, uh, I know you've sent me a text and you've, uh, you're already out of surgery and you're, and you're feeling good. So that's good to hear. And, uh, I'm, uh, like I said, Positive thoughts your way, my man. Yes, all the best. But um, what are we going to do? Well, I can tell you, folks. Oh, a uh, lot of comments about last episode, about the, the uh, worst Philadelphia Flyers of all time list. Um, many have said that is the worst list that I've ever done on the show, or best list, depending on how you look at it. Um, yeah, that, that was horrendous. Um, I have since uh, looked into... What was the guy's name now? I can't remember what his name was, the author. Uh, but, uh, yes, we, uh, we discussed, um, Chris and I discussed how, how bad he was. And apparently his other articles, some real je- hottest athletes. He's really big into soccer too. And, uh, apparently he had a worse Blackhawks list. I think it was a Blackhawks, uh, whatever it was. Chris read it and he was just like, yeah, no, nah, don't bother. So I didn't do that one, but since we're having such fun with the worst list, um, I went through my files from the boys that sent to, to send me stuff, and uh, I was looking at Jordan's lists that he sent me, and one of the headlines in there was the fifth. That was it the fifteen. Hold on, now now I gotta yes, the fifteen worst Toronto Maple Leafs of all time. So we'll uh, although I kind of have a. Fi- See, it's after I've done, after three hundred and some episodes and doing lists all the time, I've done some leaf lists, and for I, he says I haven't done it. I mean, he, fuck, these guys pay attention to the show more than I do, so I might have done that maybe a shitty leaf list, but apparently it wasn't this one. So, because again, I don't read the list beforehand, like as you guys always know, I discover them on the air with you guys. So, um, he says I haven't done this list before. He sent it to me. He said it's. Uh, you'll get a kick out. That's all he puts is you'll like this. So it's like, all right. So we're going to do a worst Maple Leafs list here. So, um, all right. We'll get looked at, got that to look forward to. Um, little, little controversy this week about a fight between, uh, Matthew Olivier and Nicholas Delorier. Olivier Delorier. Yes. It sounds like a Shakespeare. Um, and I had some comments about it and, for some reason, this fight was all over the internet. People talking about, I don't know why, but it was like this respect thing at the end and blah, blah, blah. We'll get into that. And, you know, um, 
actually pisses me off. I had a bunch of bullet points written down. Uh, I was thinking about the last couple of days at work, and then I forget the friggin' uh, notepad in the truck today. So um, I'm trying to remember what I wrote down. But, uh, um, well... We've got a few things, but uh, before we do that, I'll get into this. Obviously, as I said at the start of the show, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 100 shows in the network. I'm on the original content creator side, along with Terry Ryan, old Ted Hitchcock from Shorzy. Um, and, oh, and these jokers. Jolt and Joel Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Um, it's a New York Islander-based podcast. Every once in a while, he goes off the island, uh, which is what he did for his... Latest, when Joe switched over from his own platform to the Hockey Podcast Network, some of his earlier shows, uh, weren't on the site and some of his Nordique stuff weren't. Uh, so he is sort of re-loading, re-uploading those, sort of the lost files, so to speak. And, uh, his latest one that he has uploaded, re-uploaded is his interview with Ivan Matulik. And, uh, I recommend you check that out as well as Joe's entire back catalog. Asham Strudwig, Fakoda, Dean Ewan. Uh, number one, Dean Ewan. And two, three, and four if Joe had his way. But, uh, oh, I love me some Dean Ewan. But, uh, great interview too. But, uh, yes, check out Joe's site, Coliseum Chronicles. Does a bang up job. And then, of course, you've got Alec over there at the Five for Fighting podcast and his latest episode. Um, it might be his last, especially with his guest, because his guest was me. Yeah, do you want to hear some more of me? Oh, I'm sure you're just dying for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Alec. <laughs> Alec and I talk about uh, <clears throat> talk about uh, hockey cinema when it's just different fight documentaries and uh, and a few of the movies. I mean, you know, the usual suspects, but we kind of give our thoughts about that and kind of the you know what we think of the show and the backstory and uh, some history about some different shows and stuff. So yes, I recommend you check that out. And again, Alec has a great back catalog, um, a lot of player interviews. Yeah. Ken Tasker, Jason Rushton, Yablonski, Segroy, Bialois, um, Rob Ray. Yeah, tremendous. Check that out. Also, if you happen to be on the YouTubes, uh, Fourth Line Voice, I have over 2,000 fight videos on my channel. Please subscribe to the channel. If you watch a video on there, hit the like button. YouTube loves that stuff. All the interaction. Same with Alec at the Five for Fighting. He has Five for Fighting podcast YouTube channel. And my boy Jay out in Iowa, D Skunk, is his channel. And, uh, and he has SPHL fights as well. He goes back over a decade and he has some old quads because he's in the quad city area. He has quad city flame stuff when they were in the American league, some old UHL, I, IH, new IHL as they called it, like little John Tremblay, McIntyre. Yeah, definitely give his channel, subscribe to it. Give it a lot, give it a watch. You'll dig it. And, uh, yeah. And if you happen to be listening to these podcasts, whatever podcast it is that you listen to, download Don't Stream, please, because that's how we get paid as content creators. But uh, also on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you listen to the show, um, could you uh, hit the star rating and maybe leave a review if you like, if you have time. But at least with the star rating, if you could do the bare minimum with that, um, like I would say, it helps us out in the algorithms and uh, not just my show, but any podcast that you listen to as a listener, that's the one little thing that you can do to help out the creator. It doesn't cost anything. Um, all you're doing is just hitting the star rating, submit, done. That's it. That's all you got to do and download. But uh, there, there's my PSA. I, I know I got to say it every time, but uh, yeah. But I always got to say it because like I said, the reviews aren't coming in. 
Well, maybe that's a good thing that the reviews aren't coming in. At least rate them by... Star rating would be okay. If you could do that for me. Help old Darren out. All right. Well, first of all, a little bit of news. Um, and I'm not talking out of school here because John Morasti posted it on social media. So I'm going to... Uh, I guess he let the cat out of the bag. But, uh, of course, right now they are filming Shorzy, the, the third season of Shorzy. And who is sitting on the bench with him as he takes a selfie? Brett Gallant. There you go. And he's clearly wearing a different jersey than Mar- the Sudbury Bulldogs jersey that uh, Marasti and Shorzy and them wear for team. Uh, he is wearing a different color jersey, so clearly Gallant's on the other team. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Brett gets uh, gets gets some uh, speaking lines like Alex Penner did. But uh, yes, so Brett Gallant is, will be appearing uh, in season three of Shorzy. So that's cool. So, uh, yes, tremendous. And I did, uh, talk to Brett today and again, tried to convince him to come on the podcast. And it was like, uh, no. So I told him though, I said way back when you always said maybe after when I retire. Well, now that he's retired, I told him I'm just periodically going to keep working on you. So maybe someday folks, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, well, the, um, yeah, the Olivier, uh, Delorier fight. Um, and I should probably clarify some things, uh, you know, cause whenever you're doing the written word, um, it's always, ah, uh, it can be misinterpreted <laughs> as we found out. Uh, but, um, okay. As any longtime listener of this show knows, um, I, I have this isn't new that I've I've often bitched about this bro hugging bum taps good job brother head taps bullshit after fights um, the whole George LaRock mic'd up good luck man that whole bullshit and then of course it gets put into a movie um, I ugh. and everybody gets these code boners over it no I love the respect factor and all this horse shit. Um, and I maintain that it makes it look like a sideshow. And it's, how can I, like I've said numerous times, how can I sit here and defend fighting when they're doing shit like that? It just looks like, they just look like buffoons. But anyway, this particular fight, I, again, I don't know why it did it, but because they do it after almost every fight now anyway. So I don't know why this particular fight happened to... Everywhere I scrolled on social media, it was everywhere from all these different sites. Anyway, so Delorier and Olivier square off. And uh, I I still maintain it looks hilarious when they square off and they're both wearing visors. It looks ridiculous. Um, and they grab onto each other and they start whatever and they're swinging around going around and around and it gets a little it takes a little while for the fight to get going um then when they get going it's a bunch of wild swings i don't know nothing really land it's whatever it's um and i don't know who olivier is i really don't i've i mean i've heard his name but i've never you know gone down the rabbit hole so i'm not gonna act like i know anything about him delorier i do know because he's been around for a while I like Delorier. It's like, again, I guess I have to clarify. I don't have anything against these guys. I, 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 have, I have nothing for them or get them. I, I, it doesn't, I like Delorier. I do like Delorier. But it's like, fuck, whatever. You know, like, um, 
at the same time, um, yeah, I, like I said, this whole at the end after we're all said and done, and it's like the old Tony Twist line, are you fighting to win or are you fighting not to lose? And it's like, every time I watch these guys, it's like they're fighting not to lose. Um, where uh, the, the ad, like for current guys, um, no, yeah, I can't remember there's a hit and the guy's pissed off and they go and swing it. Yeah, okay. Like, I'm not saying, eh, oh, they're all like that. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. But at the same, oh, I'll tell you who does it. Who, you know who fights to win? Fucking Alex Gallant. Jake Doty. Guys like that. I mean, um, McElrath the other night when he went through Colzar like he was knife through butter. I mean, they were fighting to win. And it's like Alex Gallant, you could see it, goes right into the pocket. There's no jersey jabbing and leaning away and whatever. He goes straight into it. And, uh, and, Brett and his brother was the same way. Uh, man, can you imagine the fights over that at that family dinner table? Holy shit. But, um, yeah. And it was just like, and they would go for it. It was like, you know, back, it was like Morasti. I mean, he would stand in the pocket and trade. Mal Engelstad, guys like that, Jodgers, Cummins, Chris Murray, Craig Cox. I mean, these guys were, you know, they were going for it. And, uh, you know, and, and that's what made them great, you know, and, uh, now it's like, you know, and then again at the same time, but they didn't have to punch visors and shit. That was, that's the difference. So I don't get completely all over. And I understand it's like, it's not their fault that they have to worry. It's the the rules. I get it. So I'm not knocking them. Oh, they score off the visors. And cause I mean, you always hit these guys. Oh, take your helmets off. Pussies. Well, yeah, it's an extra penalty, blah, blah, blah. It, it, like they're not going to, cause if you throw yours off and then the other guy sucks in and doesn't do it. Well, now it's a power play and. Uh, and I mean, most of these guys are begging for ice time to begin with, let alone we're going to throw helmets off and get more penalties. So, you know, I'm not knocking the guys. I, it's, what are you going to do? That's just the way it is. It's for safety reasons. And it's kind of the oxymoron of it. But, um, yeah, anyway. Um, so I, they, anyway, they, this Delory Olivier fight was all over the place. And everybody afterwards, they're going, and after it's done, the refs come in. They kind of grab each other and pull each other in and, like, touch helmets. And and it's just like this, oh, this bro-hug moment. And everybody's all, they love the respect after. And, and it's just like, and I'm just, I just type, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, it looks ridiculous. Like, you're not even mad at each other. So it's like, what'd you even fight for? You know, and... um and I had a bunch of guys going back and forth. Nah, we weren't yelling and name-calling each other, but I was just like, this is just so stupid. Like, why? And so, but then, of all people, uh, Chris Nyland, um, you know, he, he knows a little bit about fighting. Um, he commented on the fight, and he watched the video. And then, yeah, so here we go. I gotta tell you, it took a while, about 18 seconds for it to get started, and then it got going pretty good. Two big boys, uh, Quebec League, you know, start trading blows, they threw some heavy shots, and again, you know, I don't mind this in the game, but I gotta wonder if this fight is staged, to be honest with you, I really do. I don't know if they talked the face off and said, hey, let's go, um, I don't know, they talked before the game, said we're going... That's just speculation on my part, but surely the way this ended, you would think they're best buddies, and I just don't like that in hockey. Come on, you're going to fight a guy, I get it, you have respect for him, he's a fighter, he's a tough guy, 
But at the end, in front of the crowd, you pull each other in and hug each other's heads. I mean, come on. You know, I just, you know, you're going to fight a guy, fight him. But the, the huggy shit at the end, just doesn't cut it. You used to never see that in the game. Guys had extreme dislike for one another. So, yeah, not good. Thank you, Chris Nyland. There you go. I couldn't have said it any better myself. And yes, you make the whole thing look ridiculous. And um, But I get it's this generation of player. It's what they came up with. It's this code bullshit that everybody... You just read it on the fight boards. Everybody yells and screams about the code. Hell, you got players talking about the code now. Like I said, way back when I got into an argument with Steve McIntyre about the code. You know, it's just like... they And it's... And, like, I think Fedoric says it on uh, Ice Guardians. He's like, everybody talks about the code, but nobody really knows what the code is. Yeah, it's this, I don't know. And it's just, but it's become this, like I said, it's they, they church up the fighting aspect of it. And it's like, oh, there's such a respect factor, respectful warriors and all this shit. And it's, yeah. And, um... You know, and everybody likes the, oh, I don't like staged fights, I don't like this, I don't like that, like I always laugh about the checklist and everything else. Because I mean, at the end of the day, and I mean, even Nyland says it, I don't know if it's staged, but that might be speculation. Well, it is speculation. We don't know what goes on. You know, who knows why they're, they might have been pissed off, might be something from Junior that they're mad about, whatever. I mean... There's lots of things that go into it. Maybe something happened behind the player. He did something to another guy in the team. And they're sitting in the dressing room. Out, oh, yeah, that son of a bitch did this to me. Speared me in the nuts the last shift. And then I all get him in the next period. So you're off the face off. You're like, yeah, we got to go for spearing, uh, you know, Billy Bob in the nuts. Okay. You know, and then everybody, oh, it's stage. It didn't mean anything. Well, you weren't in on the conversation. So who knows? But some of them, hey, you're out here. I'm out here. We haven't gotten any shifts. Well, we better fight. Yeah, that does that happen now? It happens now because that's the way the hockey hockey is now, and the way it's set up, and the way the just the way the game's managed, and how these a lot of these coaches don't know how to handle these guys either. So it's like, yeah. But regardless, I will say this. I guess I should have led with this, with the whole staged this respect, blah blah blah. I don't care. Like that, like that's what I always say. Like that's, I guess that was the point I was trying to get across. Like, like I said, well, I, I, I meant, I meant what I said. Like I, I said when it, they do shit like this, it makes circus look, or it makes circus, it makes fighting look like a sideshow, like a circus. When they do this respect bullshit at the end, you weren't mad at each other, so what'd you even bother fighting for? And you just look like two idiots, you know. At the same time. If they hadn't done the respecting and they just separate or whatever. I don't have a problem with the fight. Like at this point, it's... It, I'm all about the sideshow at this point. I mean, that's all it's become in the last however many years. Because you can't enforce anymore. Because if you do, you'll get suspended. So it's all these mutual... Like I said, A hits B, so C goes and fights D. That's what hockey's been for the last decade. 15 years. You know... So it's just, I mean, that's sort of ridiculous. So everything was sort of staged. And then you had your three-minute-a-shift guy that was like, well, I'm out here, you're out here, let's fight. We we went through that that era, you know, um, and I didn't care. That was fine. 
you know, at the at the end of the day, I always sort of looked at it almost like it was a game within a like a it was like a, a boxing match within a hockey game. I mean, that sounds kind of whatever, but I just like seeing the fights. So I I didn't really care how it started or whatever. I don't give a shit at this point. I don't give a shit. Just fight, whatever. It's you know, if you hey, and if you, and I, like I always say, the the, the it's the inter, it the end of the day, it's entertainment value. Yeah, and, and you can say whatever you want about that, and that's right and that's wrong, or we can have that debate, whatever. But at the end of the day, I you you watch the is anybody booing this? The crowd seems the paying crowd that paid a lot of money to come and watch, they're all cheering. So, you know, like every time we used to go to Blades games, no one was booing, everyone was cheering. So. You know, it, it was sort of the, yeah, I get, not, and it's not, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but it was sort of the sideshow to the hockey game. Cause they stop the clock, everybody sits and watches the fight, okay, they go to the penalty box, you're done, now the clock starts again and we, and we continue to play hockey. So yeah, you are the sideshow. That's fine, whatever. Um, every once in a while a guy gets hit, you come in, or a cheap shot, or this guy, was cruising for it and acting like an ass and you straighten him out or you just were bullying, slapping guys around and finally they didn't, they had enough. Yeah. Well, that was all part of enforcing being a bully, whatever. That certainly doesn't happen anymore. And the majority of these fight fans have no idea what that is. And so now it's just become two guys that will fight and okay. You know, and again, I don't care. Like I don't have a problem with Olivier and Delorier on the surface of it. Just, out of the blue fighting, yeah, whatever. Crowd enjoyed it. They paid three, four. They paid overpriced ticket prices and are drinking sixteen dollar beers. So shit, if a couple guys throwing shots off visors for eighteen seconds gets them to cheer, then what the fuck? You know, I you know, whatever. Well, and the thing is, I'm not. I'm probably not the best judge of that. I'm an L and H guy. You know, it's like shit. That's what it was. Was a sideshow, and I'm a wrestling fan. You know, so yeah, I'm really into the pageantry and the sideshow of things. I'm not saying fighting isn't real, but you know what I'm getting at. Um, so, I've always respect, and I have nothing but, re- obviously, I have nothing, I have nothing but respect for the guys, and that's why I did this show. Um, but I think they really devalue themselves when they do that. Like I said, no, no one's saying you gotta grab the guy's hair and drive his head through the ice and, whatever, and really drop a knee or eye gouge or fish hook them when they're down. I'm not saying to do that, but like this mutual admiration society, fuck, do we really, do you really need to? Like, can you maybe after the game, save it for after the game or something? Like, why do you need to do this so bad? I don't, I, I guess it's just, I don't understand. Like all of us listening played sports of some kind or something and it was competitive. I don't know in the middle of a football game or whatever and stuff. I, I never had this inclination to hug the other guy and give him a bum taps. Yeah, good job out there, brother. Why? I, I don't... After the game, yeah, like I played against friends. Hell, I cheap shot at friends, you know, whatever. But we were cool before and after, but not during. I'm going through you to get accomplish my goal. And I, that's kind of, I'm not just saying, oh, that was me. I thought it was Billy Badass. I'm not saying that. But that's just how we all were. I don't remember any of this shit ever happening. And I go back, I have, well, you can't see it. I'm on audio. But I turn around and I look. I have like hundreds and hundreds of fight DVDs that I've watched on my on my counter here. 
up until whatever, last few years, I don't remember anybody head bobbing each other and fucking high fiving and bro hugging and bum tapping. Every once in a while, you can see when the refs were there breaking up, they kind of look at each other, you kind of give it the, you know, the slight head nod or good job and they skate away. Yeah, all right. But I mean, it was subtle and, you know, they didn't make a big production, although everything's a fucking production these days. But it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, good one. And then off they went. Yeah, but for the most part, I mean, you were fighting to like, well, I was like, even tonight, once again, there was a Probert Car- Terry Carpenter video clip. Well, I don't call, I refuse to call him the goat because his go-to plan was to get out of the jersey, you know, and oh, okay, well, you know. First of all, dipshit, almost every guy back then before the rules came in had jersey modifications, so it wasn't just Probert, so okay. But again, uh, his go-to plan was to enforce inflict damage and win fights that was his go-to plan it what like he gave a shit that he put any thought into well 35 years later a bunch of fucking nerds are gonna sit on a computer fight site and judge my career and since i i better keep my jersey on or else i won't be the respected warrior in there shut up like that again this is what i mean these clowns have complete they they don't know they've completely lost the plot they never knew the plot they're either too young or they're just they're just clueless about what this is all about. And I don't blame the younger people because you watch today's horse shit. It is completely different. The mindset is completely different. Like I had mentioned in this, I, I posted the Chris Nyland clip there and said, yeah, exactly. And old Derek there gave me the Grandpa Simpson. It's like, well, yeah, but is Chris Nyland wrong? Are you going to argue with Chris Nyland? You can argue with me because who am I? But I mean, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the old, oh, all the guys I talk to, they're just like, yeah, this is ridiculous. You know, John Morassi was saying the same thing when I talked to him. He's like, new age guys, they're just, they don't, it's just different now. They don't have it, you know, and, it, and yeah, you know, and it's just, I, I, I just don't get this respectful warrior shit and like, like we that's through the act of fighting yeah you know but this why do we have to bro hug and stuff oh it's a it's a sign of mutual respect who gives a fuck why do you care if he respects you that's what i don't get like he's on another team who cares like i don't know i just don't get it so yeah i just went back and forth with a bunch of people like that but i wanted to also reiterate like i'm not like I, don't, I said, I don't know, just fight. I don't care. Like, well, I always laugh at these guys that they go on and on about this, but at the, at the same time, they turn around. Oh, but I'm I'm a real hockey purist. Well, if you're a hockey purist and you're still watching this happy horse shit, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, the purity of the game, three on three with no red line and seventy-two different jerseys and visors and tinted visors and. Yeah, but you're a hockey purist. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. 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 Anyway, thank you, Chris Nyland, for, for making that video. I completely agree with you. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's, I mean, it's not going to change because, like I said, that's the mindset of today's player. It's, it's, it's code. You know, and oh, I gotta have respect for my opponent and everything else. And when they do it, like I said, social media goes wild and everybody, like I said, everybody runs around with code boners and it's the greatest thing. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway.
well, we should probably do uh, a little sponsorship here, and then we're going to get into, hey, how about you sign up for the uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook, sign up and bet on them Thanksgiving games. Yep, uh, college football, last week college football. Yeah, it could be, uh, I don't know, I think there's going to be some five-win teams that are going to pull out some upsets here. You know, because this is like their, their, you know, this is their bowl game. Just saying. But, uh, yeah, you should sign up. Take advantage of the deposit. But anyway, we'll get into that. We'll do the sponsorship here. You got to do something to keep the lights on, boys. I know every once in a while I get people fucking busting my balls over the, the ad reads. It's like, hey, dudes, that's how we get paid. And uh, that's what keeps this network floating. So got to do You have to have some advertising. And, uh, but after that, let's get into this. I'm, I'm getting pumped for this Leafs list. Let's, let's, uh, we'll get through this and I'll see you on the other side here. And now here's a word from our sponsor. The NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this November. Yeah, guys, crazy season so far. Backups are now playing the backups and, uh, what, what a, what a wild season this, this year has been. Uh, get in on all the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THPN. New customers could score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas City, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Let's get this list out. Uh... <clears throat> All right. Oh, it's another Sportster one. Okay, well, this, these are the guys that uh, this is the site that I did. I got the Flyers list from, so I'm already pumped. Oh, they don't even want to put their name on it. They just put the TS staff wrote this. Oh, so it was published September 5th, 2015. So this was a group effort. Oh, here we go. Before 1967, the Leafs were one of the best teams in the NHL, but there's five other clubs in the league back then. Once expansion hit, this team has been lost in the will. Oh, I think they meant wild, but okay. Before 67, the Leafs were one of the best teams in the NHL, but there was five other. Okay, one expansion hit the league. Team, yeah, been lost in the wilderness and have never made it back to the Stanley Cup final since. They had a few good years in the 70s with the likes of Sittler, McDonald, Williams, Salming, Turnbull, Palmatier leading the way. They also enjoyed some success in the early 90s with Gilmore, Andrew Chuck, and Wendell Clark, and Felix Potvin. But then again, a few years later when Matt Sundin joined the club. But they've had some truly awful teams along the way and some pretty bad players in the lineup as well. These are the top 15 worst Leafs players Ever. And the only criteria is they had to meet was they had to play at least 20 games the club. Some of them spent a few seasons in Toronto before being let go, but most of them were just cut loose not long after being acquired. 
there are several factors which were taken into consideration when making the list. Well, at least the, at least they're given criteria here. Uh, these include the player's statistics with the Leafs, the club expectations of the player based on previous seasons in the NHL or junior when the player was drafted, and what the team had to give up to get them. Some players met just one of these criteria, but others met a combination of them. Also, some of these players may have enjoyed decent NHL careers when playing with other teams, but played well below par when suiting up for Toronto. Alright, well, here we go, folks. Number 15, Philip Dupuis. Uh, that's funny. I've never, I have never heard that name in my life. Uh, he must, he's gotta be a new guy. Um, a bit difficult to play 30 NHL games with a team as a forward and not, <coughs> and not earn at least one point. However, Dupuis managed to pull that feet off of the Leafs in the 2011-2012 yeah, season after signing as a free agent. Six foot center was chosen in the fourth round of the 03 draft by Columbus. He did get his name on the score sheet with the Leafs though as he picked up 16 penalty minutes along the way. After 16 scoreless games, Toronto waved him and sent him to the Marlies. He found a scoring touch with 31 points in 42 games and added 14 more in 17 playoff games, but never played for the Leafs again. He spent the next season in the AHL with Pittsburgh's farm team for joining the German League. He scored just 6 goals and 12 assists uh, in 118 NHL contests. Yeah, it's one of those things that's... Um, I, I can't comment on this guy. I've never, like I said, I have never heard of this person. Swing and a miss right out of the gate. Like I said, folks, I'm discovering this list with you guys. Um, so, you know, I didn't do any research, obviously. Um, so I have no idea who this is, but like you said, right? What, what was it? Uh, he had 31 points in 42 games and 17 in, uh, in 18 or 14 and 17 playoff games. Um, in the American League, you know, which is again the second highest league in the world, so it's interesting how you can go, you know, how much ice time he was given in the thirty games, you know, you know, whatever. But it's um, yet some of these guys that are just like they call them tweeners, right? Can uh, you know point to game guys or whatever in the American League, and then, but it's he's probably at the same time when he comes down, he's probably on on all the power play units. He's probably getting you know fifteen twenty minutes of ice. You know, so he's given an opportunity where he's probably before, again, I don't know, this is speculation on my part. He was probably a third, fourth line guy getting seven to nine minutes. It's like, eh, you know. And he's always been the hero on every, probably junior team and everything he was ever played on. And now all of a sudden he kind of gets, he's getting role player minutes. These guys can't handle that shit, right? And, um, you know, this is me speculating, but, but I mean, that's, that's a tale as old as the hills, so. Who knows? But anyway, I probably talked too long about Philip Dupuis at 18 or at 15. <clears throat> Pulling his little Lazito here. I know he's at 15, but I'm going to give you 47. Um, so, uh, <laughs> crack myself up there. All right. Uh, hold on. <laughs> I got to take a drink. Farmer Rob's just on the edge of his seat right now. Uh, 14. Ryan Holwig, ah, I don't want to read this because he we actually follow each other on social media, and I was actually going to ask him to come on the show. Um, okay, this isn't my list, Ryan. That's no, him texting me now. Um, Ford Ryan Holwig chipped in with a pair of assists, twenty-five games in Toronto in the 0809 season after they picked him up from the Rangers. Holwig was acquired for his tosses, but he didn't do too much in that department either, with just thirty-eight minutes and twenty-five games. He also posted a minus seven. Holwig was let go after one season in Toronto. 
with the Leafs and AHL Marlies and played in the Czech Republic last season. Fans should, shouldn't be expecting much from Hallwig since he was chosen with the 238th overall pick with the Rangers. His NHL totals were 5 goals and 9 assists in 228 games with 349 penalty minutes. He added 1 assist in 14 playoff games and another 23 minutes in the box. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, hey, physical guy. Um, you know, he had that brutal running with Simon. Um, I don't know. Hallwig was a hitter and would mix it up. And, I, you know, I don't know. Well, uh, I know he runs a hockey school out in BC. So we'll see if I can if I can get him on the show. Um, you know, I don't know. I... <laughs> I always have a hard time, you know, while he was taken 230, you know, it's almost like, ah, yeah, he's the shits because he was taken 238th overall. Guy got drafted in the highest league in the world and played in the highest league in the world. See, that's, again, I go back, I, I mentioned this in the flyer list. Um, I always want to, I guess, I should, if people are listening for the first time or they, or they see my, like, my graphics for the show and, oh, worst leaf, worst flyer. Well, obviously, it's not me saying this. They have to listen to the show to understand. If you listen to the show, obviously you understand. It's not my list. But um, I said one time, I said, I, I did a worst of something list or whatever, biggest thugs. I can't remember what it was. It was some kind of air quotes, kind of like a what you would perceive as a derogatory list or a knock on these guys. And, of course, obviously a couple guys that clearly didn't listen to the episode kind of had like, oh, yeah, you're one of these guys and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, you're talking about respecting the player. You don't give a shit. You're making worst lists and stuff. Well, it's like, I didn't make the list. And they're like, yeah, but you're highlighting it. And it's like, and I guess I could see their point at the same time. It's like, well, you clearly didn't listen to the episode because I clearly take the piss out of the list and how ridiculous it is. So you obviously didn't listen to that part or you didn't listen to the show at all. And I guess that's why when I do these lists, it's not that, oh, I'm going to, I want to shit on Ryan Hallwig or Dupuis or anything. Or with the Flyers, it was to shit on Dave Brown and these guys. And Todd Fedoric. It was like, no. It was basically to highlight how stupid the list is. And how moronic it is to have these guys on the list. And yeah, generally just to take the piss out of it. And make fun of the author. Um, I always say the fact that anybody would do that list in the first place. And publish it on a website. And like, without a hint of like... You know, iron... Like, first of all, written by some couch potato that never fucking played a competitive sport in his life, that's the ironic thing, calling people shitty, which is, eh, you know, but that's par for the, well, that's par for the course in society, and I mean, people love car wrecks, and they, I mean, like I always point out, Jim Rome, Stephen A. Smith, these buffoons have made millions of dollars being goofs on, on live TV, and talking shit about elite level athletes. That's the amazing thing to me, you have house league goofs, talking shit about elite level players and every other house league goof is sitting on their couch with, uh, you know, Dorito dust in their cleavage. Uh, nod, nod, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. He's the shit. Blah, blah. Yeah. Really? Like that's, again, that's what, when I do this shit, that, that's what I'm making fun of. So yeah. So it's like, yeah, uh, does that make sense, what I'm saying? I don't know, I feel like I'm just babbling at this point, but it's like, yeah, anyway. Ryan Hallwig, 14. Don't take it personal, I need you to get you on the show. Number 13, Bunny LaRock. 
It's a goalie, right? Yeah, goaltender Bunny LaRocket. Pretty good career going for him with the Montreal Canadiens, but all that changed March of 81 when he was traded to the Leafs. He gave up one of the best defensemen, Robert Picard, uh, who was the third overall pick of Washington a few years earlier. The Leafs also gave up an eighth-round draft pick in the deal. Rockley parts of three seasons in Toronto, posted the goals against the 4.79. Yeah, it's a little rough. Uh, he won 16, lost 35, tied 13, uh, tied 13 before being traded in January to Philadelphia. Um, his save percentage for the Leafs was in the mid-80s. Yeah, I mean, um, he's a goalie, so I'm not going to comment too much on a goalie, but... Uh, yeah, well, 4.79 is a little rough, but those are some pretty rough teams back then. So, but what the hockey purist in me says, you win from the net out. So, Bunny wasn't having well, Bunny wasn't cutting it. All right. Number 12, Al Secord. That's right, he played for the Leafs. I forgot he played for the Leafs. Uh, just before the 87-80s, feast off the Leafs traded star winger Rick Vive and Steve Thomas to the Blackhawks. Along with, along with defenseman Bob McGill for center Ed Olchuk and left winger Al Secord. Olchuk played well for the blue and white, but Secord, who previously enjoyed seasons of 54 and 44 and 40 goals with the Hawks, was a bust. He scored just 15 goals, 27 assists, and 74 games at this first season with the Leafs and was a minus 21. He had one goal in six playoff contests. Uh, Secord spent most of his time trying to prove how tough he was with 221 penalty minutes. Secord lasted just half a season the next year with five goals, 10 assists, minus 13 and another 71 minutes, and he was traded just 17 months after arriving with the Leafs, getting just a fifth-round pick for him from Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, Secord was on the back end, because um, after Philly, I think that was it. Um, one of the best power forwards ever. Uh, he had 54, 44, 40 goals. He had 300 minutes the one year. Um, was tremendous in Boston when he first came up. Was great with Chicago. Um, I mean, I could see Toronto making the trade, but I think, you know... Um, and, and Vibe and Steve Thomas and McGill. Oof, that's that's rough. Um, Vibe, I watched a, a, a player video on Vibe and I didn't realize... I always knew he was good with the 50 goal and everything else, but um, man, he put up... Rick Vibe put up some awesome numbers with the Leafs. I know he had some alcohol... He had alcohol issues off the ice and I think they started catching up with him. But um, Vibe was great with the Leafs. And Steve Thomas, I love Steve Thomas. He was great, gritty dude. Um, he was, I, I was a big Steve Thomas fan. And of course then Bob McGill. Yeah. Big daddy, you know? So yeah, that's a rough trade. I mean, Olchek was okay, but like they said, Secord was, uh, was kind of on the back end there, but, um, in his prime, Al Secord was the man. Um, I, I will say, and I've said it on here before, um, there are some folks that, um, you know, Secord was like the baddest dude ever and all that. It was like, well, you know, I, I, I never really saw the Al Secord, the great fighter. He'd fight though. I'd give him that, but I never saw the great fighter in him. But for a guy that had that much scoring talent and everything else, it's not like, you know, I'm not holding it against him that he didn't fight like, you know, wide open or anything. But, uh, nonetheless, he would still fight physical guy. And, uh, yeah, in his, in his time, awesome. Number 11, Paul Higgins. Higgins made history back in 1980. He became the first ever player drafted in the NHL straight from high school. 
right winger was chosen. 200th overall pick to add some youthful muscle to the lineup. It wasn't his fault. He was such a bad player. He was never, as he should never have been drafted in the first place. Higgins played 25 regular season games in Toronto and registered no, no points in 152 minutes. He also went pointless in one playoff game. Higgins was released by the team in September 83 and soon retired from the game. Yeah, I mean, that, well, see right there. I mean, you know, I know it's the, you know, you get taken from 198, from 19, I don't, again, I'm, I'm babbling here. I don't know anything about Paul Higgins. I mean, I've heard the name and I, I think he, I want to say I just saw something with him fighting some Playfair, something like that, or maybe it was Winsick, right, whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, oh yeah, by the way, he did this and this. But I mean, I, anytime it, you're, you're kind of taking a tougher guy and he's right out of high school. So basically he's nine, 19, 20 years old and you throw him immediately into the lineup and then you give him 25 games and I mean, 25 games in 152 minutes. Clearly he was fighting. He wasn't scared. I mean, so he wasn't timid. We'll put it that way. Um, and then you release him like, holy shit, a tough crowd. I mean, maybe send him to the American League for a few years for some seasoning. I mean, who'd he piss off? I mean, maybe he had heat in the room or something. I don't know. But Jesus, you know, you're you're right out of high school. Yeah, straight from high school. So you're a teenager or, or a young adult, I guess. I, I mean, at 18, I guess you're legally an adult. But so he's 18, 19, you know, around there. Oh, we'll bring you up to the NHL. Guy averages like, you know, like seven minutes, seven penalty minutes a game. And this is a 1980, you know, 81, like when it's like Thunderdome and shit back then. And then it's like, ah, yeah, we got to dish this clown. Wow. Oh, geez, tough room. Uh, yeah. So what have you done for me lately, Paul Higgins? Jesus. Number 10. What? Chris McAllister. Defensive Chris McAllister joined the Leafs from Vancouver in a trade forward Darby Hendrickson in 99. By September of the next year, he was traded to Philadelphia for Regan Kelly. While in Toronto, McAllister appeared in 56 games, contributed just five assists along with 107 minutes. He also added one assist in six playoff games. Five years later, he was sent to the minors by the New York Rangers. He stayed there for six seasons before retiring with four goals and 17 assists. 634 minutes in 300 NHL games. Um, I like Chris McAllister. Nice guy. Um, uh, grew up with Chris, uh, playing against Chris in, in football and stuff. Uh, he was West Side as East Side, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched him start his career at Junior B with the Royals, then play, play with the Blades. Chris McAllister, Wade Belock defense combo. How about that one? Um, uh, Chris was actually a guest on my show. If you want to go back in the back catalog, um, we talk about the Leafs briefly. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you know, fifty six games. I mean, it's. Uh, Kind of tough to get a get a handle on a guy with it when it's that when the stint's that when his stint is that brief. Um, but yeah, huge dude. Um, uh, you know, he was always <coughs> he was always a little. Uh, I don't want to say gun shy. That's not the right word. He came into his own in in Philly. He had a couple. He had a he had a nice little run and. Uh, and unfortunately, um, actually, it all, it all seemed to, this is just speculation on my part, but he ended up getting into a fight with Primo, a teammate fight with Primo in a practice, and Primo broke McAllister's nose. Um, and, he, and he seemed to kind of go downhill after that. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he got gun shy or if it just, you know, um, yeah, I don't know what happened. But um, 
Uh, and the interview was so long ago, I don't know if I asked him that. I don't know if I would have. I, well, I'm sure I probably asked him about the fight, but I don't know. You have to go back and watch it, listen to the interview. I'm not quite sure. But uh, actually, I completely forgot that he played for the Leafs. Um, but yeah, big dude. Uh, you know, but like I said, ah, nice guy and everything else. I mean, you know, uh, I, I would think probably the majority of these lists are just going to end up being tough guys because that's like all these guys like to shit on. So we'll see. But again, I always think at the same time with 56 games, I mean, and you're a role player, are you really getting a chance? Like, really? So, I don't know. Ah. Moving on. I don't have anything bad to say about Chris McCallis. He's a good dude. Number nine. Brian Curran. Six foot five defense was acquired by the Leafs in March of 88 from the Islanders. Curran was brought in for one reason only, and it wasn't to play hockey. He played 130 games from 87 to 91. In the big smoke and scored three goals and 14 assists. However, he did manage to serve 512 minutes of penalties, the 301 of them coming in the 89-90 season. He appeared in 11 playoff games, had one assist and an additional 60 minutes. Kern was sent to Buffalo along with winger Lou Francis Getty for winger Mike Foligno in an eighth-round pick. He spent the last five seasons of his career in the minors and retired with 40 points in 381 NHL games. With 1,400 penalty minutes, he managed a lone assist in 24 playoff games, accompanied another 122 minutes. Yeah, the Colonel Brian Curran. Um, I got a, I, you know, for you know, for full disclosure, um, to be completely honest, I was never a Curran fan. Um, th- to me, it's just a big, you know, he would. I hey, he's got a great fight card. He was certainly willing. He would fight. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him there, um, but I mean, he would hold on to you tighter than the Champman under the sea dance. I mean, uh, was a wrestler, grappled. Um, I think he was a fairly high draft pick too. I think he won won a Memorial Cup with the Portland Winterhawks, and uh, but yeah, big dude, big defenseman. I think he was taken late first or early second round, um, but by by the Bruins, I believe. Um, but yeah, like I said, three hundred minutes and everything. He was certainly willing. Um, again, I don't, I don't think you're putting on any Brian Curran fights if you want toe to toe excitement. But uh, but again, he went and did it. So I mean, you know, again, who am I to sit here and you know? shit on these guys. Um, again, you know, 1400 minutes and 300 games. I mean, you were getting shit done, but, um, you know, was he the greatest fighter? Eh, you know, no, but the fight card was there for sure. So there's that. Number eight, Carter Ashton, Brent Ashton's kid. I work with his brother, actually. Uh, right winger Carter Ashton, acquired by the Leafs in February. 2012 trade defenseman Keith Olley played 53 games between 2012 and 2015, contributed just three assists, trying to make a case for steady employment. He left the Leafs with a minus 13 rating, 32 penalty minutes. It was shipped when they shipped him out. Six foot three, first round pick in Tampa in A09. Now plays in the KHL. Ashton was suspended for 20 games by the NHL in November, providing the league's performance enhancing substance policy. Straight back to Tampa with forward David Roll for the seventh round pick in February of 2015, joined the KHL as a free agent this summer. Um, yeah, son of Brent Ashton. Um, I get that, you know, 2012, I wasn't watching hockey at that point, so I have no idea. Um, like, I know he's obviously a Saskatoon kid, so um, I didn't realize he was that big because his brother's not that big. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about Carter Ashton. Sorry, nothing personal, um, but 
I wasn't watching hockey at that time, and uh, I can't comment good, bad, or otherwise. Number seven, Rick St. Croix. Uh, the Leafs traded one bad goalie for another bad goalie back in 83 when they pack, picked up St. Croix for Philadelphia, Bunny LaRock. Uh, St. Croix played 48 games, parts of three seasons in Toronto, posted a win-loss tie record, 11-28-2 to go along with his goals against the 4.61. Yeah, the team released him after the 85 season he played the next campaign in the IHL and then retired. Uh, yeah, again, um, 4.61 goals against. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, you ain't stopping much at that point there. Um, number six, Colt Knorr. Yeah, beat it. Forward Colt Knorr is a fan favorite with some of the, with purely willingness to drop the gloves rather than hockey skill. Or suited up for 232 regular season contests. Toronto helped the team out with eight goals and five assists. Uh, in a total of 637 minutes, he served 18 more penalties in seven playoff games. Joined the club in 09 from the Rangers and lasted until the 2014-15 campaign. Retired from the NHL with 1,186 minutes and 477 regular season games, along with 24 points. He went pointless in 19 postseason games with 48 penalty minutes. I didn't realize... Actually, it's funny. I didn't realize Colton Orr played that many games. 477, that's right on. He gets full pension. Good for him. Um, I love me some Colton Orr. I love him in Swift Current and Regina and Kamloops when he played the dub. Um... Swing wide open. It was kill or be killed. Um, yeah, well, yeah, forward was a fan favorite. Well, there you go. That's, fuck the worst part. If you're a fan favorite, how can you be the worst? Yeah, him and McLaren were an awesome tag team. I'm Well, without even looking, mark my words. I, where's my, uh, if, I, if I had my free bet from, uh, from DraftKings, I would put all my money on McLaren's going to be on this list somewhere. Um, but yeah, him and McLaren were awesome together. I love, like I said, I love Colt Knorr. Um, I have a bunch of, uh, his Western, uh, in fact, YouTube, fourth line voice on YouTube. I have Colt Knorr's very first Western Hockey League fight. Um, I'm trying to think who he fights. Is it Chris Millett? I can't remember. Uh, but yes, check it out. WHA is in Swift Current in the old barn there in Swift. And, uh, yeah, man. You want to, if you actually want a re, two really good Colt Nor fights that are on my channel from Junior, his fight with Ryan Jordy and his fight with uh, Grant McNeil, tremendous. Look those up. You will not be disappointed. Um, yeah, just go to my channel and type in Colt Nor because I have a bunch of his Providence shit in the American League. His fight with Josh Grant, jo, hey Colt Nor and Josh Grant, well that's one of the best hockey fights you'll ever see. Thank you to the Camcorder Ninja who filmed that one. Yeah, great fight. Number five. David Clarkson. Oh, yeah, that would have been my other DraftKings bet. Uh, forward Clarkson was a huge multi-million dollar, multi-year contract. The Leafs had 130-goal season. He had seven campaigns with the Devils. To make matters worse, he included a no-trade clause. Clarkson paid the team back by scoring 15 goals, 11 assists, and 114 games to go along with 185 minutes, most of, us were, most of which were the dumb variety. He also posted a minus 25 rating in those games. The Leafs finally unloaded this contract, and he agreed to a trade with Columbus. For the injured and likely retired Nathan Horton, ironically, Clarkson played three games in Columbus before, before suffering a season-ending injury. Um, I like David Clarkson, and now he was just a... Uh, they didn't bring it up in this. I've said on here a bunch of times, he was he had some unfortunate bad timing, some injuries. Um, I always laugh because it's always this hindsight shit that... Oh, I can't believe the Leafs would do that and give him this contract. Clarkson was one of the best power forwards at the time. When you go back and look at his stats in New Jersey, he had multiple 20-goal seasons. He came off a 30-goal year. He was doing, he had, you know, 
He was fighting. He was hitting. He was like he was like Tom Wilson. That's who he was. Every team wants that. So that was a great signing by the Leafs. Problem was he had a really good agent. But so he ended up, yeah, with the multi-million, multi-year contract. Well, for guys like that, they're unicorns. You give them those contracts because there aren't many David Clarkson, Tom Wilsons, Ryan Klo is another one. Uh, guys like that, they're, yeah, they're unicorns. How many, like, think about it. List how many guys are going to score, you know, in the NHL, 20 to 30 goals. You know, have, well, I was going to say 200, 300 minutes, not anymore, but... Now, 100 minutes, hit everything, and have, whatever, 5 to 10 fights. Count how many there are. Exactly. You you might use one hand, maybe two. So, I could see why they gave Clarkson the money. Unfortunately, right out of the gate, he got that 10-game suspension. And he's coming home. He's an Ontario guy. He'd been out in New Jersey where no one knew he was alive. You know, you could fly under the radar on some of these teams. Then you come to Toronto, the friggin' spotlight's blaring, you're a hometown guy, you got the big contract, well, let's see what this guy can do. Right away, you get a 10-game suspension, so that's, you're behind the eight ball. Then you get hurt, then, uh, and you're pushing, and it just never worked out for him. And everybody, oh, you gave him all this money, and he's brutal, and, well, if, like I said, if you're a, ho- a hockey purist, I'll keep using that one, David Clarkson was a fucking hockey player. So, fuck you that he's on this list. I mean, you know, yeah. Shout out to David Clarkson if he's listening. If anybody knows David Clarkson, tell him to come on the show. Number four. Ah, see, I would have won my bet. There we go. Fraser McLaren. Of course. Left winger Fraser McLaren. Yet another Leaf who lacked him. Basic hockey skills. Fuck, are you serious? Uh, he played 62 times between 2012-2014 with three goals, pair of assists. Uh, most of the time spent with the team was in the penalty box, 179 minutes. He appeared in a single playoff game. 27-year-old McLaren spent the last year in the American League with the Marlies, where he had 11 points, 102 NHL game, uh, 264 minutes. Yeah, McLaren was a bad dude, man, and a solid player in junior uh, with Portland. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, once again, like, uh, like I, I'm pretty sure McLaren had like a couple twenty goal years in juniors. He lacked hockey skills. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he was what he was, but it wasn't. I was like, these guys act like these guys play with. They don't play with a stick or something. Um, yeah. See, this is like. See, this is what I was talking about with these lists. It's just, it's just this utter disrespect of. Yeah, this guy's just the drizzling shits. It's like, oh, okay, you know. Um, no, unfortunately, McLaren, I believe it was chronic knee injuries, um, knee issues that he had to retire. He retired early. Um, again, I, I was a fan of Fraser McLaren back in the Western League. If you want, again, YouTube, go check out. Yeah, McLaren dropped Lucic in junior. Um, I think Lucic said that's like the only time that he really, or that was the first time he like really got caught and put on his ass was by McLaren. Uh, so that fight is on my channel. But yeah, McLaren was a bad dude, man. And, um, like I said, I loved him and Orr together, and uh, uh, that's actually a player spotlight I should do as McLaren. Did I do McLaren spotlight? I don't know. After three hundred and forty-five, I forget what I've done. I really should have done a show log. Um, I don't think I've done a play. I haven't done a player spotlight in forever. Maybe I should do a Fraser McLaren one. Yeah, maybe I will do that. But yeah, Fraser McLaren. I liked him. Number three, Stefan Cornwall, Cronwall. I'm assuming that's Numbnuts' brother. <coughs> um, 
Spencer and Cornwall played parts of 05, 06, 07, 08. He was the least. Played 52 regular season games, recorded just one assist, minus five. He wasn't brought, he wasn't brought in for his aggressive, for his aggressiveness either. He where he served just 21 minutes with the Leafs. Art Toronto released him. Cromwell played in just 14 more NHL games. Washington, Calgary. Last NHL game was 2009-2010. He'd been the KHL since. Played just 66 NHL contests with a long goal and three assists. Um, again, one of those guys, I mean, I don't know if, is his brother Nicholas Cromwell? I would think so. I've heard of him. Um, I've never heard of Stefan Cromwell, so I'm not going to comment. There you go. Number three, Stefan Cromwell. Number two, Andre DeVoe. Uh, when he was born, DeVoe was another Leaf player with limited hockey skill and nothing much to offer other than Braun. <sighs> he played 22 games at the club from 08 to 2010. Racked up one assist, 75 minutes. DeVoe drafted in the sixth round, 182nd overall by Montreal. Other than that, DeVoe displayed a decent scoring touch in the minor leagues with a couple 20-goal seasons, but just played the enforcer role when he was promoted to the big leagues. His NHL numbers read two assists in 31 career games in 108 minutes. Um, well, there you go. If given ice time, he might have been able to do a little something. But unfortunately, the NHL, you got these are your roles slotted out for you, and this is what you got to do. Andre um, DeVoe, I've seen a bunch of his fights. I haven't, uh, again, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, quote his career uh, chapter and verse. Um, I know he's a big dude. Uh, well, they just said he was, but yeah, big dude. Um, Again, 08 to 2010. Um, you're, that's kind of my, uh, you're starting to get into my blind spot a little bit where I really wasn't paying attention. Uh, is it on here? I want to see draft with six round with much. I want to see he played for the Rangers too, didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he played for the Rangers as well. Um, but yeah, there you go. Number two. So, like I said, I, I always figured these last like six, seven names or whatever is, uh, they're all just going to be like, oh, they're goons and, you know, and all that shit. But, you know, and, they, but they even say, oh, he had a scoring touch in the minors. He's a, one of these guys, a tweener, right? The American League, he's probably getting a little more ice time. You can act, and he's actually allowed to, you know, produce. Not that you're not allowed to produce. You know what I'm saying? He's given opportunity to produce. But you get to the NHL, you're going to be our four to six minute guy at the end of the bench, and you got a you're a big dude, and this is what we're putting you out here for. Do you accept the assignment? Of course you're going to, or else it's back to the bus. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's what you get locked in as. But uh, there we go. That's the 15. We're now we're down to number one. Who's the number one worst Toronto Maple Leaf of all time? Who do you guys think? Man, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Like, I would have thought it was like it would have been like McLaren or Colton Orr or something. That's who I would have thought. Um, number one. Well, here we go. Oh, come on. Uh, all right. Number one, John Cordick. Yeah. Least general manager Gord Stock made one of the worst trades in history. Oh, yeah, 1988. Spent speedy winger Russ Cortnell, the arch rival Montreal. For six foot one and four, so John Cordick least received six round draft choice in the deal. Cordick played parts of three seasons in Toronto, found the back of the net ten times in 104 games to go along with six assists, racked up 446 penalty minutes and alone assist five playoff games. Uh, he was traded January of '91 with Paul Fenton for the for a fifth round pick. Cordick finished his NHL career with 35 points in 244 games, along with 997 minutes. He added seven points of 41 playoff contests and 131 minutes. Um, 
I mean, I guess if you're looking at it from the point of it was a trade, yeah, you don't want to lose Russ Courtnell. But um, at the time, tough guys were needed. Cordick was really good at it. Um, again, one of those things I think the people don't remember uh, or they don't know, um, Cordick was an all-star in junior, um, Had some skill, was a skilled defenseman. Um, when given time, I think he went... I think actually Farmer Rob talked about it way back when. He went on a little bit of a run with the Leafs when he scored a bunch of goals right in a row in a bunch of games. Um, no, Cordick could play a little bit. Problem with Cordick is his off-ice shit, the drugs and the drinking and everything else. Well, that's what he. That's how he died. So, I mean, you know, there's no secret there. Um, addiction got him. The stupid NHL drug uh, policy at the time was not good. I'm glad they made a lot of changes to that. It's unfortunate for John Cordick, though. Um um, yeah, Cordick's just one of those sad stories, sad tale. Um, I, you know, when he played, he was effective, but you hear a lot of guys afterwards that he's a lousy teammate and all this. And I mean, when you're dealing with addiction problems, I mean, you know, that's just what happens, right? The demons got him. But I love John Cordick. I was a fan of his brother, Dan, as well. Um, again, both, actually both talented players. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying, oh, if you give them, they would have been first-line guys or anything. But no, but like I said, if you're a Western League all-star in the Western League, um, as a defenseman, I mean, you know, you're not, you have a clue, right? You're not just the, everybody's an all-star defenseman. Like, no. So, well, there's four of you. Uh, you know, it, it, so, um, no, he, he, if he had, it's too bad he couldn't have conquered his demons and got his head on straight. Cause I think he could have, he definitely could have had a, 10 year career and, um, and certainly was tough enough. NHL toughness had some great fights, some big wins, you know, a big lefty there. Um, I, yeah, I was always, when he was, well, when he was alive and playing, I was a big fan of John Cordix. Um, you know, and unfortunately, um, the demons got him and he died too young and, uh, yeah, it's a sad story. So no, actually it's too bad. He's on this list at number one and, but I mean, I guess, I mean, when you trade court in a form and he just doesn't produce and I mean, I guess whatever, but, uh, I mean, I, I think I would have Stefan Cornwall and uh, DeVoe and Carter Ashton and stuff ahead of John Cordick. I mean, if we're making a list to be completely honest, but all right. I mean, you can say what you want about Cordick. And I mean, a lot of these lists are always, oh, you only have three points. <laughs> you know, it's all this point shit, but, um, I think back then what he brought in terms of uh, intimidation and toughness, um, again, cannot be matched number wise or, uh, quantified number wise, right? With a stat. So, um, they, that's often overlooked in what Colton or McLaren brought, right? So the number of geeks can't put a, can't make an equation out of that. So, um, you know, but, uh, anyway, there is your list of the 15 worst Toronto Maple Leafs of all time. Um, so, yeah, more or less another ridiculous list, but there, there we go. But, uh, anyway, guys, uh, it is nine 15 here and, um, I think we'll wrap it up, but I want to wish again, all my American listeners a happy Thanksgiving. And, um, yeah, I want to thank you guys for listening. Love the feedback in the last episode. And I love getting feedback from you guys. Um, if you want to drop me a line, I'm on all the, all the social medias and my DMs are open as the kids say on Facebook and Twitter, uh, fourth line voice, as well as on Instagram. I'm still trying to get used to the, used to the gram. I'm not, I'm not good on Instagram. I'm, I'm trying folks, but it's, 
I'm take me a bit, but uh, yes, I'm fourth line voice THPN on Instagram. So give me a follow. I will follow you back. And, uh, and if I don't follow you back immediately, don't get mad. I'm still learning. So I'll get there. But, um, but yeah, if you want to drop me a line, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you got any comments of the show, good, bad, or otherwise, or you want to come on the show or you have a story, or you want to share pictures or whatever. Um, absolutely. Love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah. And if you're not on social media, hockeyfights at hotmail.com, send me an email. Absolutely. Love, love to hear from you. So anyway, guys, um, as I always say, I know there are a million podcasts out there to listen to. The fact that you chose to listen to mine, I greatly appreciate it. I really do. I know I say it every week, but, uh, but I mean it every week. And, um, and, well, I was just saying, I can't remember who I was. Is it Alec? But, it, well, it probably was all of them, uh, Joe and uh, Jay and all of them. But, um, I said every time you turn around, there seems to be a, a, uh, an ex-player starting a show or someone starting a podcast. It's like, oh my God, how many more are we going to get? Um, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, everyone has a voice. Everyone has a unique voice and a, and a, and a unique and hopefully a unique spin on the game. And whether it be through their experiences or who they have on as guests, um, I, I just always say I look at it from a selfish reasons because it's like, it's just harder to get guests now. Um, cause everybody's good. And it's like, if the guy's on a bunch of different shows, it's like, well, I don't want it. Like, I don't want to get him on right away too. Cause it's just like, eh, you know, I don't want to follow the leader. So, you know, but anyway, but yeah, it's like everyone and their dog has got a podcast these days. So we'll see how long they stick around for. But, um, not that I'm wishing any ill will on anybody, but it was just, uh, just like, Oh my God, another one, you know? And like I said, and it's, and it's a tough battle when, well, well, when you're a nobody and you're kind of going up against these, ex-players it's uh you know because we're all battling for airtime and we're all battling for listens and uh you know who are you gonna go with well i've heard of him i've watched him play and who the who the fuck is this fourth line guy you know yeah i know who i'm picking so uh but uh but the fact that some of you picked me i i appreciate it but uh anyway folks i'm gonna get out of here go have a shower and uh, i gotta make my picks for the football for tomorrow actually it's, yeah i think it was a pretty three pretty lame games i think Gonna be some blowouts, me thinks. But enjoy your turkey and, uh, yeah, hang out on the couch, enjoy the day, and, uh, we will talk to you cats on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?